This is the all-new Positivity Podcast, episode 10. Hello, my name is Dr. Justin Coulson, and welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to making your life, your work, and your family happier. I think that it's fair to say that we all want to be happy, and maybe we even all want to be happier. But how do we get there? What can we do to make ourselves lastingly happier? Is it even possible to increase our happiness and keep it at a new heightened level? Well, today we're going to explore three orientations to happiness, or or maybe we might call them pathways. In addition, in my Ask Dr. Justin segment, I'm going to help out a parent who's struggling with a six-year-old daughter who, uh, she says, is out of control. And, uh, and by the way, I've had some feedback that the podcasts are just a little bit on the long side, so I'm going to try and remedy that by cutting the length of the podcast in half. I'm shooting for 10 to 15 minutes instead of 20 to 30. Let's, <laughs> let's see how we go. Up next, the Positivity Podcast and looking at different ways to be happy. We all love our children, but sometimes they can make life challenging, and we're all searching for the right answers. In the end, all we want is happy children and happy families. Dr. Justin Coulson is one of Australia's most respected parenting voices. His seminars have equipped and empowered thousands of parents to make their families happier. But sometimes getting to a parenting seminar can be tough. There's work and other commitments. Then there's the issue of the children and babysitters. Now you can watch one of Dr. Justin's seminars from the comfort of your own home and at a time that works for you. In this seminar video, available online now, you're invited to sit in on one of Dr. Justin's parenting seminars as he takes you from confusion to clarity. Combining parenting research with heartfelt stories, you'll discover the three essential keys to raising a resilient child and creating a happy family. You'll learn how to build a strong connection with your children, how to really understand them, and how to get discipline right. What Your Child Needs From You, a seminar from Dr. Justin Coulson at justincoulson.com. Download this 90-minute seminar now or purchase the DVD at justincoulson.com. Is there a way to be happy that feels best for you? Do you do you find that you seek happiness in the same predictable patterns? And how is that working out for you? As an idea, once upon a time, I used to love to stay up on Friday night and watch the football. Not just one game, but both games. Come Saturday morning, all that fun that I'd had the previous night, munching on ice cream, watching a good game, came back to bite me. I was tired, I was cranky, and I was not happy at all. I discovered that the way that I was seeking happiness was not actually making me happy other than in the moment. Well, Over recent decades, researchers have considered the different ways that we might be oriented to happiness, and they've developed a model of three orientations, or or I, I like to call them three pathways to happiness, and we're going to explore them briefly here. The first pathway is what we might call hedonic happiness, and this is a pretty good fit for the kind of happiness that I was pursuing. I was staying up all night, then I was sleeping in, uh, but it's all about doing what feels good. It's about avoiding pain. As I discovered, there are some problems with hedonic happiness. It's nice to have it, but eventually, ongoing hedonia, when it is our only purpose, will eventually be our undoing. It'll stop bringing joy. It will start bringing pain, um, because it leads to things like um, alcohol and drug abuse. It leads to issues around intimacy. If I'm only seeking pleasure uh, and avoiding pain, then I'll probably make some poor choices when it comes to my relationships. And even slothfulness. I mean, if you just want to do what feels good, you're never going to tidy. There's never going to be uh, any uh, any industrious work take place, because quite often the hard work of thinking or doing other 
challenging tasks, requires a lot of work that requires a lot of pain. Research shows that the hedonic process to happiness or pathway to happiness or a hedonic orientation to happiness certainly makes us feel good in the here and now, but over time it can lead to poor outcomes if it's the only orientation or pathway to happiness that we use. Now, the second orientation to happiness is what we might call engagement. This is when we get right into life and we get really absorbed in the tasks that we're engaging in. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, uh, I'm not sure if I've pronounced his name correctly, even though I've read it a million times, uh, is probably one of the world's leading researchers on the concept of flow. You know when you're doing something and you lose track of time, you get completely into it, you, you forget that you need to eat, you forget that you were supposed to be somewhere doing something else, because what you're doing is so engaging and you are so absorbed in it. Well, Csikszentmihalyi calls that flow. Um, Todd Cashton, one of my favorite researchers, and I mention him regularly on the podcast, and Jeffrey Fro, they look at engaged living and call it task absorption. This is something that can, uh, can really be a powerful way to be happy in our lives because the more engaged we are with something, the more we switched onto it, the better we feel about life. Now, there are positives and negatives to flow, just like there are positives and negatives to hedonic happiness. For example, we might get into the flow of gaming or gambling. Neither of those things are going to lead to positive outcomes over time because of the potentially destructive mechanisms that operate within them. We can also get into flow with work, which may be good, but then again, it might also be bad because of the way it impacts on relationships and time with others. Some people get at cooking. I get at speaking to audiences about well-being and parenting or coaching parents on how to make their families happier. But engagement can be a powerful pathway or orientation to happiness. And the third way that we can make ourselves happy, the third orientation to happiness, is what we would call eudaimonia. That's what Aristotle called it. Uh, We might simply call it in our modern day parlance, doing good things and living a virtuous life. Uh, Last podcast, or sorry, the podcast before, I talked about the bizarre secret to happiness, which was doing kind deeds, helping other people out. And and this this concept of living a virtuous life, um, participating in meaningful pursuits versus hedonic pursuits, is a really powerful way to be happy. It's all about virtues. It's all about building character. There can be the drawback of not being able to do what feels great right here and right now. And that's no fun sometimes because we really want to do what feels good. But with that decision comes a confirmation within that character is being developed. And we actually feel good because we're saying no to something less important in order to do something more important. They're the three pathways to happiness or the three orientations to happiness. There's hedonia or chasing the pleasure. There's engagement or flow, task absorption. And there's doing good or eudaimonia. So my question for you today is this. What makes you happy? It's that simple. Perhaps something that makes you happy is something that someone else who's listening has never thought of trying before. Leave your answer at justincoulson.com slash podcast slash 10. That's the number 10, justincoulson.com slash podcast slash 10. And and up next, I'll help out a parent who's struggling with a six-year-old who is lashing out and 
being terribly difficult. Most children are born curious and confident. They love to explore the world, meet new friends and try new things. But between the ages of 2 and 12, confidence often drops off. Why is this and how can we rebuild it? Creating Confident Kids, Scientific Strategies for Building Self-Belief in Children is an easy-to-read e-book for busy parents. In this e-book, Dr. Justin Coulson shares simple strategies to create confidence in kids. Using his skill at simplifying the science and a lot of straight-from-the-heart stories, you'll discover the five biggest confidence crushes, the five best confidence boosters, and 20 questions to clearly identify your child's view of their family identity. Plus, a bonus chapter to share surprising confidence boosters for people of all ages. Creating Confident Kids at major online booksellers now or at justincoulson.com. I received this Dr. Justin request via email during the week. Hi, Dr. Justin. Just wondering if you can help with behavioural issues we're having with our six-year-old daughter. She's always been difficult, but lately she seems out of control and we don't know what to do. She yells. She refuses to do anything we say. She cries or screams when she doesn't get her own way. She speaks to me like I'm here to serve her, demands things of me with no manners and a very rude tone. She tells me she hates me, calls me offensive names, says that I'm selfish. This is a six-year-old girl we're talking about here. She consistently hurts her brothers and sister and uses a horrible tone and orders them around. That all aside, she can be a lovely, sweet girl at times, mainly when she's alone. She does well at school. She's very intelligent. She isn't spoiled. She does get to go out and do things and isn't going without anything. I've lost control of the situation, says this mum, and feel like I'm consistently yelling and telling her off. I don't know what to do with her anymore. Would love some advice on what to do now. Well, here's my response. When our children are disrespectful, when our children are hurting others, or when they're just generally being horrid, it's normal that we want to punish them so that they will um, you know, learn their lesson. Unfortunately, this rarely improves the situation. It usually makes things worse. It seems kind of odd, in fact, that we think that we'll improve them by making them feel worse about themselves. If you think about the last time that you were made to feel lousy by someone, chances are it probably didn't inspire you to be your best. So in this situation, I'd recommend a handful of things. Number one, when you start feeling angry and you want to yell, do the opposite. I know it's completely natural and normal and typical to want to yell or lecture or punish, but it's not really effective for anything other than a quick fix. It hurts the relationship. It encourages selfishness on the part of our children. So instead, recognize your anger, calm yourself down and speak softly and clearly. But you can still be firm, but you just don't need to shout and yell and make yourself into a great big puffer fish. Number two, second step, understand how it is for her. Often our kids act in angry ways because they don't know how else to communicate their difficulties. Often they don't even know what their difficulties are. Maybe she's feeling stressed or confused or neglected. Maybe she's just copying what she sees you do when you're stressed or confused or feeling neglected. Perhaps she's struggling with a school teacher or friends at school, or there's something else in her life that is undermining her well-being and her relationships. Maybe she's just tired or hungry at those times where she's lashing out. By understanding how it is for her, you can start to be a lot more intentional about the way that you manage yourself and the way that you respond to her needs. The third thing I'd suggest is this. Set boundaries proactively ahead of time, but also do it in a collaborative way. What I mean by that is instead of reacting to challenges as they come along, take some time, maybe on a quiet Sunday morning, and go for a walk to the park or to the beach with your daughter 
and or maybe just go down to the local cafe and buy a smoothie and sit down and chat about your issues and ask what she thinks can be done about it. Don't lecture her. Ask what she thinks can be done about it. Set limits on behavior ahead of time. It's really important that you let your children know what you expect before you go into the shops or before you leave the house for 10 minutes to, to do something and leave them on their own. Set those limits ahead of time. Be proactive and talk together about what's okay and what's not. Now, this is also really important to, to mention. I don't want you to think that this conversation should be about saying, if you do this, I'll do that. It's not about determining consequences to bad behavior. It's about discussing how everyone feels when your daughter screams or refuses to help or hits or lashes out or does whatever she's doing. It's about talking together about the preferred ways of behaving and focusing on how that feels instead. Two more tips. The fourth, the fourth one is this. Use simple, gentle reminders. So when she makes mistakes, and she will, rather than rousing on her, just offer a gentle, supportive, encouraging reminder. Just say something like, look, we speak kindly. Remember? We speak kindly. Or, or you might say, I hear that you want something, but we spoke just the other day about how to ask and how to use our manners. Would you try that again, please? The good thing about this approach is it reestablishes the limits that you've set. It puts the boundaries in place, but it does it in a really respectful way that actually models precisely the kind of behavior that you want to see in your daughter. And the last tip is this, spend time. Because maybe more than anything, your daughter's behavior is a, a, a terribly poorly aimed plea for more help and guidance. She wants your attention. She's probably been asking for it in civil ways but had no response. So now she's seeking your attention in uncivil ways. When our kids feel loved, when they have our attention and focus, and you said this in your email, she's great when she's on her own, they tend to respond really well. It's not possible in a family your size for her to receive all of your focus and all of your attention. But spending time in the relationship together will almost certainly improve the way things go in the family. So they're my five tips. The times that our children act in ways that make us feel that they don't deserve our love and attention are the times when they need it the most. But the way that we show that love and the kind of attention we give are really, really important. So the focus should be on less correction and direction and more on strengthening the relationship by spending time together, understanding how things are for her, focusing on gentle disciplinary techniques that are more about teaching and less about punishment. And I think that that's where the improvements will come and the family will be happier. So that's my answer for this week. I hope that it's helpful. If you have any parenting questions that you'd like help with, visit justincoulson.com slash questions. Leave me a voice message or just type out your questions and you can email it to me as well. I'd love to hear from you. That's justincoulson.com slash questions. Toilet training. It's a milestone that parents look forward to. What is the best way to toilet train our children successfully? Dr. Justin Coulson has written a no mess, no fuss ebook to help called Toilet Training. Easy as one, two, we. Written for busy parents, you'll whiz through a clear overview of toilet training without getting bogged in too much detail. At just over 20 pages, the ebook can be digested in under 30 minutes. You'll find straight shooting answers about toilet training based on scientific research like how to know when your child is ready to toilet train, myths and conspiracy theories about toilet training, and the most popular toilet training approaches and what science says about them. Some toilet training guides take longer to read than it should take to toilet train a child. This is the fast-flowing alternative to get your kids going at the right time in the right place and the right way. 
toilet training. Easy as one, two, we. Available at major online booksellers now or at justincoulson.com. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's shortened podcast. Before I go, a couple of quick announcements. The first is I have just released a brand new ebook called The Five Surprising Secrets to Creating a More Successful and Happier You Starting Now. Check it out at justincoulson.com slash shop. I think that you'll really enjoy it and uh, it's already uh, been selling quite well and a lot of people are very interested in what it says. Quite a few counterintuitive ideas about what makes us happy and what doesn't. If you have any ideas for what you'd like to hear in this podcast, I would welcome your comments. You can email me, info at justincoulson.com. Before I leave today, I want to leave you with something that I hope will stick in your mind for a while. It's something fantastic about happiness. And this is a quote that comes from Mahatma Gandhi. It ties in beautifully with the idea of the eudaimonic pathway to happiness. He said this, Happiness is when what you think, what you say... And what you do are in harmony. I think what he's saying is when we live with integrity, we are happy. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the episode, you'll find the outline and the resource links in the show notes at justincoulson.com slash podcast slash 10, as in the number 10. As well as that, I'd love to hear from you. What makes you happy? Visit the site. Let me know. Are you a hedonist? Do you go for flow? Or are you a character and virtue-oriented individual? Tell me what makes you happy at justincoulson.com slash podcast slash 10. I think that the reality is, by the way, that we're all a little bit of each and that lots of the things that we do overlap across those three areas and make us quite happy across the board. Uh, Can I also encourage you to share the podcast? If it's made an impact on you or if it's helped you in your professional life or your parenting, I'd really appreciate it if you would visit justincoulson.com slash podcast slash 10. You'll find a pre-populated Twitter or Facebook post that you can share with your friends and followers to get the word out about the podcast. And as always, I'd be really grateful if you'd rate the podcast on iTunes because it's your ratings that determine how likely it is that people will actually discover the podcast. It's the ratings that boost the visibility and help other people to find out how I can help them to have a more positive life and family. And, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes as well. That is it for this week. I'll have another podcast ready to go possibly next week. Stay tuned. I will let you know about it. And remember, the greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. 